You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, we haven't talked much about Rabbi Lezer Kallir, but he's a central uh, figure here in this discussion. And really what it comes down to is that the tefillah that we are so familiar with um, was something that was uniquely Babylonian. The tefillah that we have that has come down to us is the Nusach, basically of the Chachmei Bovel, and the Chachmei Eretz Yisrael had a dipli in the bracha that we call B'Yerushalayim Ircha and the bracha Es Tzemach. Those two brachas were were different in Eretz Yisrael. Those two brachas in Eretz Yisrael during the time of the latter part of the Tanoim and in the time of the Amaroyim, those two brachas were one bracha. They fused those. So here you see a picture taken from the Geniza of a Siddur Eretz Yisrael. Um, it's approximately, as you can see here, from the year, it's about 900 years old. Um, and they were still using it in parts of now this, I think is from the uh, the Cairo Geniza. And you can see here the bracha. It's very clear. Take a look. There's the yud yud there for Hashem. Okay, next bracha. The bracha does not go but it goes Rachim Hashem Elokeinu Barachamecha Harabim Al Yisrael Amecha Bial Yushalayim Iroch Val Tziom Mishkan Kavodoch. Now that's very similar to our bracha in Birchat Hamosa, but this was the bracha that was used by the Bnei Eretz Yisrael or the Bnei Mitzrayim. This was used for them as their Amida bracha, the bracha that we call Yerushalayim. Very emphasizing, very strongly, the what we mean when we say Yerushalayim. When we say Yerushalayim, we aren't just saying the city should be built and there should be tunnels uh, going out of the city on huge highways, and there should be a bullet train going through. We're talking specifically about the city, Tzion, the Beis Hamikdash, the Hechel, the Ma'on. Um, our bracha, by the way, is just V'yushalayim irach brachamim toshuv v'sishkam besocha kasher dibarta. It says, and you'll build it and you'll put your shechin in it the way you spoke, and it will, and you will build it. I guess the implication is there's a Beis Hamikdash there, but you know because you say, well, what else does it mean? God says He's going to have the Beis Hamikdash. He's going to build the city the way He says, but it doesn't say anything openly here in the Nusach, our standard 
Ashkenaz Nusach of Yerushalayim. In the Geniza, as you can see, they said not only um, uh, they mentioned Yerushalayim as God's city, but also all the base of Mikdash accoutrements that are around it, and, and specifically Mishkan, Heichal, Ma'on, and Al Malchus based of it, Mashiach Tzidkech. Mentions the Malchus based of it there in the same bracha, Baruch Ato Hashem, Elohei David, the God of David, Bone Yerushalayim. That was the bracha. Now, where, do, where is the source of that bracha? It's in a number of places in the Yerushalmi, but it actually starts even before the Yerushalmi. And we find it in This is in the second Perak Beis of Tosefta. Right, so that that capital uh, tilim. If you look at it, there are eighteen times of Yudke Vovke in that. Um, what we call Mizmer Ladavid, there's 18 times. So that is where the Shmona Brachos that the Chachamim created for the Amida align with those 18 Askaros. Okay. Then Dosefta says, Kolel Shominim Bishel Prushim. So the Minim, of course, were the Christians. And we said the Bracha, the anti Christian Bracha, goes together with the Prushim. And as Shaul Lieberman points out here, Klomer b'nei Adam sheregilim lifrosh medarke atzibor doesn't mean doesn't mean the perusha of the good guys. It means that you put the Christians with all the other people who are not part of the tzibor together. Make sure that there's a bracha that way, and then make sure the bracha of gerim goes with zikenim. So in other words, usually you would say, you know, the Zikanim are for the, the Tzadikim, the great scholars, the ones that are the, the masters of the generation in terms of their learning, but also mention the Gerim with them as well. They also need to be mentioned together. So which basically, would you wouldn't make two brachas, you would make one bracha. Vishel David bibonde Yerushalayim. So in other words, mentioning David's significance is all part of the Bone Yerushalayim bracha. Yeah, David gets mentioned, but David gets mentioned as part of Bone Yerushalayim. Im Amar But if you say them separately, you're Yotze. Credible. The, the, the Tosefta is saying that you can actually have more than 18 brachos. You can create more brachos. Chazal compacted them. They compacted them into 18. And how did they get 18? They got 18 by combining these aspects. So I don't want to get into the thickets about Birchas Haminim just yet, or the Birchas Tzadikim. We're talking about Yerushalayim and David. So we see David gets included with Yerushalayim. However, even though we'd like them to be included, you're Yotzeb if you say them separately. Okay? And as Shaul Lieberman points out, So in other words, that bracha, that is always seemingly about the Meshichas aspect of David HaMelech, was not said. 
There was no right now. You saw the nusach um, that we saw from the Geniza. I don't know if that was always the nusach. That nusach does have an aspect of messianic, um, uh, some messianic aspect to it. Um, but as Lieberman points out, it's already been uh, a, a, a given that in Eretz Yisrael, Matzmiach Karen Yeshu was not said. The, we insert into the Shemone the Rebelezer Kalir's additions. And just to show you, you have like here the Bracha Alat Sadikim, Balachasidim, and here you have the basic Nusach of the Ashkenaz Nusach. And basically, you have here, um, as you want to emphasize, about how great the tzaddikim are, which we emphasize all the time, and that um, that that we want to be, we want to have a connection with them, and and it's their vision of God that that in a way reigns supreme, and we sort of are on their coattails. So the collar inserted after the said after you put in the words of Atamim Nishananu, you put this in Keser Melucha Meosha Yemuftach Meelov Hoya Vinosin Labas Hoftach. In other words, let me say it again. The crown of kingship was always, in a way, vouchsafed for the seed of Binyamin from Shul. And um, and it mentions here that, you know, you can see all the words of the Kawar, Kesmeros Huftach, Leiru Muftach, and it all rhymes, of course, Me'elof Hoyu Inosin Lovas Hoftach, Malchus Keshurua, Maram Hutach, from her top to her feet, she was all a living dynamo of hope in God. Now, again, the word boots here is all part of an acrostic construction. It has to do with the rest of the paragraphs of the Krovats. But then, then you're supposed to say Mishona Miftach Latzadikim. Then you have Yerushalayim. You have a special thing about Yerushalayim that's also inserted on Purim, Malchus Nechbazah. Right. So this is all about about uh, the amount of money that was taken from Haman that was then re uh, redirected. That basically we were able to get the monies of Haman's house and everything, and eventually it was all funneled back to build up the city of Yerushalayim. So that's how, when on poor morning, when you're davening about Yerushalayim, you are also poetically uh, in this in this one this incredible poem written by Rabbi Lazar Akalir. Also mentioning about the monies and how Yerushalayim was built up, and you're also hearing about now again. Part of it is the word, the word keser, malchus berosha. That's again the first word of the, uh, the first word of the poem uh, stanza, and the the last word of the poem stanza is all a pusik. For example, um, the word argomon. Is I'm sorry, is is part of thing here, and you can see Argomon goes with boots and Argomon. So it's all really a, a, again an amazing construction. Okay, that's Yerushalayim. Then you have 
the Brocha Es Tzemach. Hello, where's the Kaler's insertion? Every other Brocha gets an insertion except Es Tzemach. And everybody who davens on, on poor morning and they're half drunk and they don't know what's going on and they go to an Ashkenazi shul and they hear people saying the Krovats and the guy they get up there to daven hasn't even looked it over and he's butchering it like, and the color is turning over in his grave and nobody's even noticing that Estzemach, lonely Estzemach gets no insertion. Shema Koleinu gets an insertion. And you can see the insertion, Barosha, Suyam Zer. And here again, you can see over here about this, all about listening to Tfilos. And here you see, since this is about God listening to our Tfilos and bringing back uh, and, and restoring and, 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 and responding to our Tfilos. So we have a, the collar puts in about Barosha, Suyam Zer. Asher Hufla, Suga Shosha, and Alosh Mishifla that basically what happened was is that that through Esther and Mordechai in their lowest states, they were able to dive into the Ovos from Mimachpela, right? And and they were able to uh, st- stave off the the influences of Esau and Esau's children, which of course are Amalek. And therefore it turns out that God, you, with the Ovos, uh, the tefillos of Klayusah were accepted, and then you have here Avoda also, say every other brach except Estebach, what's happened to Estebach? Why didn't it get Kalir? So, this is one of the uh, sources that uh, people have brought, uh, Rappaport and others, that Kalir lived in Eretz Yisrael. There Belezer Kalir, that's where he was from. He was not a Babylonian. He davened this Nusach, and he wrote for the Bnei Eretz Yisrael. Now, when did he live exactly? Did he live in the in the high Middle Ages? Would he live in the 700s, the 800s, the 900s? Whenever he lived, it's clear that his poetic uh, his poetic constructions, which were accepted, were written by a, a man who was writing for an Eretz Yisrael audience. And Eretz Yisrael audience did not have Estemach as a separate bracha, and therefore the Kalers. So, who was the first person to? to you know, obviously, you can find it in the Yerushalmi, and you can see it in Tosefta. Let, let me um, present to you the the Rabbi Shaya Detrani. Rabbi Shaya Detrani is um, refers to a Gemara. The Gemara uh, is trying to figure out when the Gemara in Tainus and Nafyud Gimel is trying to figure out what happens when you are uh, joining the Tzibur and everybody in the Tzibur is fasting. So the Brisa um, seems to indicate that when you, as an individual, not the chazan, was you individual are, 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 are davening, there's a difference whether you are davening individually because the whole community has decided to fast because of some imminent danger that they're worried about or there's some terrible droughts that are occurring, or it's some sort of individual issue in your own family. One is called the Tainus Yochid, 
and one is called a tainus, uh the other is called a tainus tzibur. It's a tainus yachid and a tainus tzibur. So try to figure out what exactly the difference is between the two. So the Gemara says, the Gemara attempts to say that, oh, you know what the difference is? The difference is that one is mispalil um, 18 brochas and one is mispalil 19 brochas. In other words, when you are davening by yourself, shachras and mincha, for your own family pain, although you're going to say a special anenu, you're going to insert that in shomei tfila. It's going to be just an addition in shomei tfila. Whereas if you are part of the tzibor, you're, you're not the shliach tzibor, then you're going to say a separate bracham. Then the Gemara ends up saying that that's not true. But the Gemara has a havamina that, that you would have a situation of a someone davening 19 brachas in his own private shmoneh So Rashi in Tainus says, hmm, if the Bryce is talking about 19 versus 18, there's always 19, Rashi asks. Peir Shammayr, the Tysus read quotes Rashi. Rabbi Shai, the Trati quotes Rashi. You know what? Even though it's true, it's it's calling it an 18 brocha, but basically it means the normal Shmon Esrei because in Yavne, they, they added Birchas Haminim, which means that 18 really means 19. That's what Rashi says. nearly the Tesis Rid says. The Kivan the Shmuha the Tana refer to it as Shmona Esrei. It's clearly, you know, it was done in the time of the Tanoim. This Bryce is probably the same period after Shmuha Koton and Ramgamliel. So why would the Bryce still refer to our davening as Shmona Esrei, as Yudches Brochos? Rashi says, well, that's what it's called because. Since Birchas uh, since Haminim got added later, the old name never lost, it never lost its name. Okay. The Tesis Rit doesn't, I don't understand. We're li- they, they were living in a period when they'd already, everyone was saying the bracha against the Minim. So it should still be called 19. The whole Gemara was talking about a 19th bracha and an 18th bracha. According to the way we should understand things, it should be 19 and 20, not 18 and 19. So the Rid says, I think I have the reason why. That Brysa that mentions in Tainus that's quoted there, it's true, it's quoted in the Bavli, but it is a Brysa. The reason why it says 18 is based on the Tosefta that I showed you before. Tosefta says the 18 brachas are Kenegad Shmon Askaras and Havo Shembenei and the reason how you get 18 is because what you do is you combine David and Bone Yerushalayim. And the Rid goes out of his way to say that that Tosefta is brought in the Yerushalmi in two places. And like I mentioned before, the Yerushalmi in two places seems to concur with that, that as you can see here, that even that it was always called Yudches, even after Birchas Haminim. 
And the Tana would refer to it as Shemona Esrei. Why? Because that brisa that this that we that happened to drop into the Bavli's Gemara Tainus is an Eretz Yisrael Dika brisa, and in Eretz Yisrael they were called David Bemoni Yerushalayim. And he brings the proof from the Kalir. Bikrovos. That's the Krovet Shiniskanu Al Yudhed Brachas Bapurim. That's exactly the proof that I just showed you from the Kalir. Had Piyutim from Elazar Kalir for Hoshana Rabbah and on Shavasabitamas and Asar Batevis. Again, poetic instructions that were meant to be inserted into every Brachot Dishmon Esrei, and Estemach David was missing. We don't have them, so we can't marvel at his proofs. But I'll take his word for it that, that you know, in 900 years ago, when the Rid was writing, they had a fuller oeuvre uh, of, of Kaler's writings, and they saw that he never seems to do anything about with Esemach because he never said it, and he didn't, his audience. But our Gemara holds that they each get separate brochas. And you see that in the Gemara in Megillah on Daf Yud Zion and Daf Yud Ches. Because the Gemara goes through and says that you have no right to skip the brachos or to insert them in the different order than they were meant to be said. And the Gemara in, in Megillah mentions why these brachas have to be in this order, which is Birchas Tzadikim and then Boni Yerushalayim and then Birchas David. Now, because we're my friend or not, Yeltsin. Now, the Rid points out that the the Gemara in in Megillah has two sources for the eighteen brachas of Shmona Esrei. One of them is Shimon Hapakuli, who used to sell cotton. And he was the one who, in front of uh, in front of Rabbi Gamliel, was the master liturgist. And then you also have the Gemara brings another uh, tradition that it goes all the way back to the 120 Zikanim of the Anshe Knesset Sagadola, who had many Nevi'im with us, with them. The Gemara later asks that in Megillah that if it was the Anshe Knesset Sagadola, how could it be that? That, that it was from Shimon Apakuli. So the Gemara says they forgot <laughs> that they forgot the actual ter- words of the bracha. They forgot all the terms in the bracha. And, and Shimon Apakuli did his research and was able to restore it. Okay, which is anyway somewhat problematic. As Rabbi David Cohen, the, the Rav in, in, in Flatbush asks, what happened? <laughs> Weren't people once, didn't the Achenesadol of Takana of Tvila three times a day or twice a day take hold and people didn't know what the Nusach of the Bracha was? How did, how did they forget it? So Rabdomu Cohen has a Chiddush to say that there was so much Tzoros going on and we know Al Pi people didn't daven when they were in Tsar. Today, because we don't believe people have Kavana, so that sort of Ptur is, is, is pretty much dismissed. But in time of Chazal, there might have been months and months where where, where the the where the the basic Jews didn't daven because they were in such distress, and therefore you needed perhaps 
uh, it's possible, and since there wasn't uh, svarim that were circulating, printed, it's possible that uh, the masses lost track of exactly what words they should be saying and exactly what bracha follows what. All right, that's what Abdovid Cohen says, and I, I think what he's saying has a lot of truth to it. The Rid says is that you know the the, the, the Bavli goes out of its way to say there was eighteen, and they they added as an extra one. Um. But the, the Yerushalmi said is is going with a different approach that there were eighteen, and therefore eighteen was a number that it was inviolate. Eighteen wasn't just about the Hovo Hashem ben Eilim. Yerushalmi found a number of other connections. The Yerushalmi has two other connections of where eighteen comes from. The, the the amount of times in the Torah it says Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov together. The amount of times it says Kasher Tziva Hashem es Moshe in the building of the Mishkan um, after he already got the command when they actually, uh, during the, the Parshias that we call Vayakel Pikude. Um, the Yerushalmi mentions a Kapitla Chintilim, the first 18 Kapitla Chintilim, till you get to Yan Hashem Biyom Tzora. So the Yerushalmi, though the Bavli brings three sources, the Bavli brings three sources for 18. One of them is what you saw, Havul Hashem Elim, in the name of an Amora, Rav Hillel. It brings another source, the 18 times you see God's name mentioned, either Adonai, Elohim, Elokechem, in the three paragraphs of, of, of Kriya Shema. There's 18 times. And... And the third thing that Bavli brings is the 18 uh, bones that are in the spinal column. Where you actually start, I'm not 100% sure where you get 18 from. Anyway, the Yashalmi has that plus other, other reasons for 18. And the point is, is that it's got to stay 18. We don't have this 18 becoming 19. And if we are going to add Yavne, if we are going to add Birchas uh, Haminim, then we're going to cut one of the other ones in order to turn it into 18. So one of the reasons might be is that we must have 18. That number is inviolate. There's something mystical and important about the number 18, and the brachas have to be that way, and we're going to alter our brachas uh, accordingly. Now, you could have altered another bracha. Why did you alter this one? And here, maybe we can you know, say what you were saying, Dr. Kogan, in some way. Um, that they chose these two brachas to, to insert into one, which would mean, right, right, which would mean, according to this, that they already were 18. And when Yavne came out, when Yav, when the, the, when the, when they were Masakin and Yavne, the bracha against the Minim, against the Christians and other sort of troublemakers, they needed to restructure one of the other brachas that, uh, that it existed already. And Rav David Cohen believes that, it, that there were 17 brachas originally, and the Anshe Knesset Zagdola only came up with 17. The 18th was put on the table in Yavne, um, and it was... And at that time, Rav David says they they actually uh, they actually 
developed two brachas of El Hey David, of Semach David in Yerushalayim. And then there was this movement to, to put them back together and make them one. I'm not sure where Abdavid Cohen gets that. Again, he's he's researched this topic more than I have. Uh, but he would like to say that Abdavid Cohen says that the Yerushalmi holds that 18 was not the magic number until Yavne. And Yavne became the magic number. Again, I, I think one could argue a little bit differently and say 18 was always the number. And that's really the reason why the Yerushalmi sticks to it. The Yerushalmi doesn't allow there to be 19 brachas. Um, whereas the Bavli, we have 19 brachas, and yeah, we give it, we call it the, um, we call it Shmona Esrei, but it's a misnomer. Um, and I, and, and I think the Tosas Reed backs up my, uh, my approach. The Bavli holds like the Tosefta, do you have a right to split it? If you have to like to split it, and once you add boni, once you add Yavna's bracha, minimum you get nineteen. Whereas the Yerushalmi says you need to fuse them together. We hold like us, like the Bavli, that we make nineteen brachas, and we put these two David and Boni Shalayim separately. And he brings a raya from the Gemara Narei Psachim that. Rabbi Barshila mentioned that this brocha Estzemach doesn't just show up in the Shmon Esrei or in the Amida, it also shows up in the Haftorah, right? That's the Haftorah that you read, uh, Magain David. Magain David is basically a similar brocha to Estzemach. So you see, Alma, the Rid says, So you see clearly that when it comes to the Haftorah, right, we actually say it as a separate bracha. We're not kailut in Bnei Yerushalayim, and the the the, the, the Talmud Bavli argues with Yerushalmi. The bracha that Yerushalmi uses is Elohei David, Ubone Yerushalayim. Blessed are you, God, the God of David. He says that we, that is what the Bavlium were against. The Babylonians were against that. Gemara talks about the four Malochim, Menash and others, that were not so great. The Gemara happens to mention David and Melech also did things that weren't so great. The Gemara mentions Rav, Rebbe's student. Don't try to say, test me, God. I can stand up to anything. Because David wanted to do that, and he was nichshal. Because David said to God, David said, how come if name, how come in Tefillah there's Elohei Avraham Yitzhak and no one's saying Elohei David? And there doesn't seem to be in my Ruach HaKodesh that David's, I'm not going to have a Netzach. So he said, okay. He said, there's a reason why I'm the God of all these three. Because I tested them all, and they all passed every test. But you didn't. And God gave him a test, and he failed. So we see that you're not supposed to say, oh, hey, David. David is a wonderful person. David is a tremendous person. David is a person we all relate to, but he's not beyond everyone to the point that he's the fourth wheel of the Merkava, like Avram Yosef Yaakov. So the Yerushalmi elevated David and said, in a way, when we pray, we say, you're the God of David. 
The Bavli rejects those terms. The Bavli says David was a person, but he was a person who, who sinned. He sinned to show us that we're, we sin and we can become better and we can take the Yetzirah out of ourselves. But he's not a person beyond. He doesn't become a Merkava. This idea of 18 and 19, that the, we are okay with the idea of <laughs> there being like 19 brochas, right? Right. And the in the in the in the Yerushalmi, you know, is 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 keeping that eighteen number straight the way it is. But there's also the sense of where David's where David lies. The Durim of Rav Sadia and the Siddur of Rav Amram. So let's start with Rav Amram's Siddur. So Rav Amram's Siddur on the let's take a look at the Tefillah of how in the time of according to, in Rav Amram. People would do their Amidah. Now, Ramram, of course, is the, in many ways, the Yisod of Bavel, right? So it's going to be two separate brochos. But let's just take a look at the Nusach, shall we? Here we go. You can see it up on the board. Al Yerushalayim Yercho Berachamim Toshuv. Okay. U so Binyan Olam Biyamenu. So here we have Binyan Olam. Right, we don't have the word shchina here. You don't have that word that met the mystical world of dwell within us, right? Nothing here about, as you saw in the Geniza, about the heichal, about the Beis Hamikdash. I guess you can imply that it's built, and if it's a binyan olam, you're probably talking about a Beis Hamikdash. Then you have nothing about Mashiach, nothing about Arichazner, right? That's right. So it's a very bare bones brocha. That is Amram's brocha. And Amram's brocha, we could see what, what has what has come down to us seems to be um built on the scaffolding, the basic nusach of Amram. Right? Okay, so the Shekhinah aspect we've, it seems, we've added. But, um, but when we say God returns to it, we mean the Shekhinah. Okay, that we basically have. Um, right? We want it to happen now. And Esemachtobit is pretty much our bracha. Right? Karnay Torim Bishuasecha. Nothing here clearly about Mashiach, but that's what we mean. The, 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 the root of David will start to grow. Vikarno is not just the root, right? In other words, that's the plant that'll start, and it's going gonna, it's gonna, like, to grow quickly. And then the, the horn, the glory, will somehow be lifted up. And, and that seems to be that Karen seems to be the, the idea of the sprouting of of Mashiach. That, that seems that is Amram's Amida. Let's contrast that now to Sadia's, shall we? Hashem Elokeinu Aleinu Al Yisrael Amecha. Do you see how similar that is to the Gniza? It's a very similar to the, the picture that I showed you before from the Cairo Gniza. And I guess it's not surprising that Sadia seems to have at least in his area around Bavel and around Eretz Yisrael, where those Geniza papers were from, Amram's Nusach 
seems to have been elbowed out. Amram's Nusach is sort of what we've accepted, which is, right, you, you say Yerushalayim, you say Yerushalayim, please come back to Yerushalayim. Here we're saying, have Rachmanus, right, on us. Have Rachmanus on us and on and, and, and who on the whole Jewish people. Rachem Hashem Aleinu. And on the whole Jewish people, and on Yerushalayim. Now we mention Yerushalayim. And again, the Heichel, the Ma'on, and Sion. So again, here you see a very similar terms that, that I showed you that were in the Gniza fragment. And again, Ubenei Barachamecha is Yerushalayim, Baruch Hashem Bnei Yerushalayim. Now, Sadia, however, was not like the Bnei Eretz Yisrael. Sadia has a separate bracha. For Estzemach. But it's interesting how much he put into Binyan Yerushalayim. Very much on the table, everything clear, what we want. It's about us, it's about the people. When we say Yob Yerushalayim, of course, we're, it's a tremendous miracle what occurred in terms of the victory. But when we talk about Yerushalayim, the Rachmanis we have is that it should be not just a city, like I said before, in terms of built up, in terms of the thousands of millions of people, that, the million people that live in Yerushalayim and the type of uh, ease there is to live there now, but it's about this, the Heichal, the Ma'on, Sion, etc. We get to Estzemach, it's a lot quicker. Estzemach Tovid Ata Tatzmiach. Vikarnu Torim so that's pretty much the bracha. It's the bracha of Yerushalayim, however, is is much fuller in Sadia's terms. And for some reason, that has, I think, been rejected by standard Ashkenaz Nuschos. Um and, and and part of it, of course, might be again the difference in Amram and Sadia. I'd like to show you, if possible, let's see the Rambam. It's not Yerushalayim. Tishkon. It starts with the word Tishkon. Tishkon b'toch Yerushalayim yircho kasher dibarta. So the word Shechina is found in the Rambam. It wasn't found in Amram. It might have been implied. And Sadhya was going overboard in terms of have Rachmanes come and build and make. The, 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 the Rambam does talk about Shechina in, in Yerushalayim. And he talks about building it up, a binyan olam, ubonoso binyan olam, bimheirabiyameno. So, a, a little more the fact that it's the shkina b'teikur shalayim, like you said, boneir shalayim, estemach, is pretty much the exact same bracha. So I think the Rambam sort of represents, you know, it's not it's it's more expressive than Amram, less. Less uh, out there in terms of going through every step of having the complete base amikdosh like like Sadia, somewhere in the middle. And I think you know again it might be you know the Rambam's nusach uh, eventually you know carries the day as it you know whether it represents the Rambam's sensibilities or what the Rambam had uh, been had been hearing. Um, what I find interesting, however, is the the Gemara about Havinenu. Now, Havinenu is is mentioned in the Gemara as the bracha that Rabbi Yeshua felt should be said every day instead of the eighteen brachos. 
he felt that Havinenu is uh, a little bit of, uh, you say the first three, the, the last three, and then one brocha, which in the middle encapsulates everything else. So here's the Rambam's Nusach of Havinenu. So, Havinenu Hashem Elokeinu Ledas Terochecho. So that's Atachonen. Umules Levenu Liyirosecho. That, of course, is Hashivenu Avinu. Lisoleach Heyelonu. That's the Slicha. Lios Geulim, because this way we're going to be redeemed. Rachkenu Mimachov. That's Rafua. Dashnenu Vishachnenu Benos Artsecho. And that's to have the fullness and, and, and wealth of Eretz Yisrael. And then you have okay. The people who, who don't know you're going to be judging them because we're going to have the best judges. Then you have the Rishoyim, that's the Lamalshinim. The Yismachut Tzadikim, the Tzadikim will be happy and here the Rambam mentions even though it's not mentioned in the normal Nusach of, of, of Shemona Esrei, but when you do Havinenu, you can't just say that Tzadikim will be happy with the rebuilding of the city. Rebuilding of the city is not enough. You need to mention openly the Beis HaMikdash, Tikon Heichalecha. And what's also interesting is Estzemach, although you would think it should be even more compressed, and actually in Havinenu, is actually more expansive, or at least the terminology, although there's less words, in a way, summon up a greater picture. And if you take a look what it says, it says, Uvatzmochas keren ledovet avdecha, okay, ubarichas ner. It isn't just that the, the horn is growing. It's rising and it's growing. And it's David's, right? It's like you set up the candle for Ben Yishai Mishichecha. So it's interesting that the Havinenu, where you would expect less, actually, actually, in a way, tells you more about this bracha about about David, the bracha of 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 of, of Yerushalayim becomes more in the Rambam's. Again, again, the Rambam is in, in a way quoting the Gemara, but it's interesting that this didn't somehow impact on on, on the Nusach Atfila. You would think that if right, if anything, this should be less uh, less expressive because you're just trying to say as little as possible. And yet, the way I'm looking at it, I see more about what that bracha of Yerushalayim is. It's about having the Beis Hamikdash restored, and the idea of David's Karen in case anyone didn't realize what it is, it meant Mashiach is coming. That it isn't just, okay, you know, he's going to become king. This is, this is, this is Ben Yishai, Mashiach. It's like Dovin maybe even reinc- becoming reincarnated and coming back. But whatever it is, it's, 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 it's clearly a, a, a much more, uh, if, I wouldn't know if I would call it metaphysical, but at least an eschatological description of what these two brochas are about. It's interesting how in Havinenu, uh, they are reflected in that way. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 